Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. And uh, welcome back. We uh, missed a, a week due to uh, a bye week and some, some contractual uh, con- uh, disagreements uh, agreements <laughs> with our, our producers here. But we are back now on a new contract. So uh, welcome, welcome to the show, everyone, on this lovely Saturday evening, October 17th. Here joined by my co-host, Derek Randall. Derek, how we doing? Uh, glad to be back at our uh, two cents an episode wages, man. It's it's good to hear it. I'm, I was really thinking uh, thinking they weren't going to pay up, but now they are, I guess. We're big time, baby. We, we've, we've come a long way, actually. So believe it or not, <laughs> um, we are closing in on uh, – we are expecting after this episode uh, – seriously, we are expecting uh, a thousand plays after this episode here. So – Wow. Um, we are certainly on our way here. So, uh, you know, with, without further ado, uh, you know, now now we are in week week six here, right? So week six of the NFL season, 2020 coronavirus, the pandemic is in full swing again. Uh, really exciting stuff. Every single day brings new news. So um, certainly a lot to, to unpack here and catch up on and looking forward to diving into this. Yeah, absolutely. Corona is in full swing. It's <clears throat> impacting games on a weekly basis. It's it's making it really, really hard to um to play fantasy football, honestly. But we love we love playing this game and we'll roll with the punches. And and you know, some crazy real life trades that have certainly impacted some fantasy rosters here as well. So um we've got a pretty jam-packed episode. We'll go into recapping everything that happened. From, from last week here, we'll dive into the uh, free agency. Maybe over the past two weeks, real quick, we'll just take a look at um, the, the, the waiver report and see if uh, there was anyone outbid by, on certain players. Uh, we'll go over maybe some trades and then talk about, you know, some of the upcoming matchups as the Jonda League. Uh, it's starting to get interesting here. We are, you know, really we're midway through the fantasy season, believe it or not. So, um, you know, it, things are starting to heat up now. Yeah, it's come upon us quickly. And, um, you know, we last, what was that, week five, we had the uh, matchup of you and I, the podcast host here, and it did not swing in my direction. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was really disappointed that uh, we didn't get to preview this one, but uh, I guess that that's where we'll get started here. We'll start off just with um, with the, the host uh, matchup here. And, uh, you know, uh, looking back at the matchup, I think going into it, it seemed like it was going to be relatively close. I, I just, <laughs> no, again, no, no, not at all. I, if, if we had that episode, then I would have picked you as a winner for sure. <laughs> well, my, my thing is, like, look, like, end of the day, like, your receivers are just it's, – it's becoming a big issue, right? It sucks. Um, yep. And but but the problem is like you had receivers that produce you just didn't have them you know unfortunately in your starting lineup oh yeah uh, playing every receiver on my playing guys like Pascal over Sanders and Mike Williams on the bench I mean that's hard to predict but oh man Emmanuel Sanders oh that that's a painful one there and then uh, Brandon Cooks is another guy who put up a goose egg last week. So it's hard to, you know, have any confidence throwing them in your starting lineup with another 30-burger. So how does it feel leaving, like, 100 points on the bench here? Uh, it feels pretty terrible. It, it definitely does. I 
I almost benched, um, like literally we're talking like moments before kickoff. I thought about benching Jarvis Landry for Brandon Cooks and just saying, you know, whichever receiver goes off for Houston, at least I have him in my lineup. And I didn't do it. So that sucked. I don't think, no, it wouldn't have changed the results or anything, but um, I don't know. There's, it's just too hard to predict, honestly, with my team. They're so, so shitty. And I made that trade for Devontae Adams a few weeks ago, and I haven't gotten to use him yet, which is a bummer. Like, I really needed him. And the day I traded him was the day Noah Fant got hurt, and I had traded away Kelsey. So I've, I've been hurting, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I, I think I, I know we didn't have the episode last week, so it's been a while, but um, I, be, I believe I reached out to you and, and, um, and told you I, I, I apologize because I'm pretty sure on our last episode, I, I, I even threw out there, like, watch Fan get hurt now after you traded Kelsey. Yeah, you did. And <laughs> I think I even said in the episode, like, I think I, now, that I, now that I said that, I probably jinxed you and I, like, legit did. Uh, you 100 percent. You 100 percent said that, and yep, that's that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, I wouldn't have minded that strategy if you know. Quite frankly, uh, I'm not sure. I like if if I if I was considering that same strategy that you had mentioned, like I would have. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure what your obsession is over Zach Pascal. Um, I know you're a Colts fan, but like I would have considered leaving Landry in right and then Cooks and Cobb and just hoping that like you said one of them kind of goes off but it's it's pretty hindsight just to say it in general when a guy like Cooks uh put up a zero spot the week before so yeah and it, it's tough with Pascal because it, part of it is my Colts bias um but the other part is Philip Rivers his entire career has targeted the slot heavily the Colts have lost basically every receiver except for Pascal and T.Y., and Philip can't throw far enough to reach T.Y. And the game before this this game against the Browns, on the very first drive, it was Pascal all the way down the field. He had like eight fantasy points, and then the Colts were up so big, they didn't throw the ball the rest of the game. So I thought against the Browns, yeah. it'd be a shootout. He would get a lot of work. Uh, he caught two balls for 15 yards on the first drive and never caught another ball. So – uh, safe to say until the buzz kill. Yeah, right. So safe to say he's getting benched until otherwise, uh, until I see otherwise. And then looking on the flip side here, I feel like just everything kind of clicked for my 100%. team. You know, yeah. between Mahomes and Murray, you could, I was I pretty much expect that that amount of points between those two guys. It's it's really nice to have that luxury of just knowing that I'm getting you know fifty to sixty points from those guys on a week week in and week out basis. Um, you know, and, 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 you know, I think really the only guy that didn't perform was a matchup that I honestly, I expected him not to have a good game. A guy that I've been high on all year, but uh, Terry McLaurin against the Rams secondary, uh, that, that's a tough matchup. Uh, you've got, obviously, um, Jalen Ramsey, one of the best corners in the game. Uh, I think Troy Hill and then, um, uh, and then uh, what's his name? Um, oh, man, I forget the opposite corner's name, but uh, it's it's killing me that I can't remember his name right now, but it's a tough secondary and a bad offense for Washington. So I wasn't expecting a whole lot uh, this specific game here, but I just felt like I had to play my best guys and um, you know, it it didn't really hurt me too much, but just kind of looking at this in general, like 
Um, you know, I'm a little concerned about Mike. You know, uh, I, I guess we'll just talk about it now with Le'Veon Bell, yeah. right? So, uh, obviously, Le'Veon Bell getting released from the Jets and then going to the Chiefs here, uh, pretty big deal. And, you know, when they were talking about it, they were talking about, you know, obviously him go, either going to the Chiefs or the Dolphins. And when they're – I was just like, this is unbelievable. Yep. Like, both of my running backs <laughs> in this league, I'm going to get screwed. Like, it, one or the other, um, I'm not sure which one I would have rather preferred. I think if I had to pick, I, 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 I think the Chiefs end up being the better of the two because Gask- at least Gaskin's value doesn't go away, um, where you know that they're still going to use CEH, right? Um, and, and, and Le'Veon Bell, if you can throw him out there, uh, I think Sammy Watkins got hurt. So, you know, we could be looking at a Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Bell, and CEH uh, all on the, on the field at the same time, potentially. So, um, you know, I, I think it hurts CEH's value, definitely hurts that first-round value. But, you know, I don't, I don't think it hurts as much as some people might think. And um, we'll see how it unfolds, but but he's there. He's not. He's not going to disappear in the offense, in my opinion. No, definitely not going to disappear. But man, it kills his value for sure. And it's going to be a little bit harder to predict. Yeah. To predict what he's going to look like moving forward, he's definitely not being erased off the field. It's just going to definitely degrade him to a back in RB two, whereas you're getting back in RB one value. He's going to lose those those PPR. Um, opportunities right Right. and i I will say i mean he was getting them and it was kind of saving his value because he he's hardly found the ends i don't think i don't even know if he has found the end zone so far this year so um you know if if he can make up for it by starting to grab some touchdowns that could balance it out a little bit but yeah it certainly wasn't um great news for me you know in the long term here uh, just for the sake of time, because I know everyone's going to complain about us spending too much time on this matchup, let's let's move on here. Let's check out uh, Kemper and, and Andres here. Yeah. Kemper is consistently putting up a decent amount of points and not getting the wins. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. Everybody just seems to go off against Kemper's team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for a team that, you know, he, again, auto-drafted for the first half of the draft, um, I think I've said it, but he definitely made up for it in the later half. Um, but he, he, he's certainly been, been a team that, you know, has gotten unlucky with, you know, some of his matchups here. And uh, I, I think he has a, some of the most points scored against him. You know, even even um, if he did bit better, he would have probably – he could be a 3-2 and two team right now versus a 1-4. and four. So it just goes to show that, you know, we're, we're – Teams can still turn it around right now. Not all is lost at this point in the season. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, his team, he has enough great pieces on his team to, to really get it in, get it in gear, um, especially with Le'Veon Bell being there. I mean, he, things are looking up for him. He's got Bell, Carson, and, and David Montgomery. Um, he's really yeah. not in a bad spot at all. Yeah, his, his running back position, I, I think um, – you know, you probably continue to roll out Montgomery at least for this week. Uh, but Bell is probably that that RB that he's a low end RB two, uh, high end flex in that Chief end, Chiefs offense, uh, and splitting that role with Ceh, where um, Ceh is now kind of more so a high end RB two. So, uh, you know, I think Le'Veon Bell in that position with Carson being his one, 
He's got fantastic receivers. He's in a good spot. Um, tight end position just kind of has to roll with it. Uh, but so, so does most, mostly everyone in the league. So, you know, this is a team that, you know, as long as Kepper's patient, he doesn't turn into one of those people where, oh, man, I've gotten so unlucky with my matchups. Um, he could he could potentially even this out and, and make a push here going into the second half of this fantasy Definitely. And I, I, I like his squad a lot, especially – you know, Minshew, Jags will be playing from behind a lot of games, I think. So he's going to get a lot of garbage time points. I mean, I, I really feel like Kemper's in a pretty good position. especially And David Montgomery without Tariq Cohen there. I think Montgomery's going to be a back-end RB1 the rest of the year. And he's got uh, – yeah, I mean, um, Montgomery, I, I, I could definitely see it, right, because of just the, the workload alone. Um, he's got fantastic depth. You know, Jamison Crowder is another guy that um, most would have. A, you know, when you are playing three wide receivers, he is definitely uh, that wide receiver three, wide receiver two conversation uh, most weeks for most teams. So uh, a guy that he's having trouble trying to fit into that starting lineup right now between Parker, you know, Lamb, and also Mike Evans, uh, that's a good position to be in. So um, he, his team's certainly looking up, and I would just ride it out. Uh, I think there's better days to come here. And, and, and just looking across the pond here over at Andres, uh, his team just continuing to, to do, you know, uh, over uh, exceed expectations, certainly my expectations here. Um, and, and, and really across the board, another really strong performance. So uh, I think that the surprise of this team, certainly from a fantasy standpoint, is Justin Herbert. Uh, money well spent at this point uh, for that OP position, putting up 27 points, you know, last week from a fantasy perspective with no signs of slowing down. I love Herbert. Uh, we, we talked about this earlier. <laughs> I, God, he's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I envy anybody more in the NFL than Herbert. Like, it, he, I just think he's the coolest dude. I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks. I, the type of guy he is, is, very rare in the NFL. He's very quiet. He doesn't speak. He's not a boisterous, loud, cocky jerk like a lot of the NFL players. He sits back. He listens. He listens to the veterans, lets them take control, and just does his job and does it well. That's the type of player I like. And um, it's nice to see him succeed early on. And I, I think uh, if you look at Andres' team, one guy that, that um, again, another great depth play that you know, it's certainly going to help him in, in some of these or a couple really great depth plays. Guys that will certainly help him with the upcoming and impending bye weeks is uh, Chenault and, and Henry Ruggs. You know, Chenault, he is going to get that 10 to 15 point production as a rookie receiver that, you know, we kind of expect out of these, you know, blue chip rookie receivers here. Uh, and another guy, Ruggs, is kind of that, that deep threat uh, play that showed that he can perform as well. So, his receivers are pretty stacked here and he's kind of, you know, he's got Fuller and Robinson, obviously two great plays each and every week. As long as Fuller stays healthy, I'm still waiting for that week that Fuller rips his hamstring. And then I'm in a crazy. good position. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Then you're in a good spot, but you know, quite frankly, you know, it hasn't happened yet. And, and could this be the first season that we see oh, Will don't, Fuller, don't uh, you know, almost play the full not. season. Yeah, I, I, I'm still kind of waiting. I, I, I don't expect it, but, um, you know, he's proved this wrong, at least for, 
for five weeks here. So um, I'm kind of surprised that he's he's lasted five straight yeah, speaking weeks. Speaking of surprise, so, I am going back to our matchup. I am at this point willing to eat my words and say I was wrong about Terry McLaurin. Um, he's getting a lot more work than I thought he was going to. So uh, I'll I'll give you that one. That's for sure. I forget what I what my bold. I know Dennison kind of asked to throw it out there. I think it was 1,200 yards and eight touchdowns, and I think he's closing pretty or, or pacing pretty close to that. So. Um, as long as he doesn't have as you know this a down week like this last week, which I don't expect. Again, I think the Rams secondary is one of the best secondaries well, and, in the and league. And there's a quarterback change um, like midway. <laughs> so, right. So that that kind of disrupts the offense as well. So, um, which I'm kind of surprised about. I thought they would have a little bit of a longer leash, but then then again, when I think about it, you know, a guy like Ron Rivera, you know, he's coming in. He's he's got his own guy, Kyle Allen, who he is obsessed with, with, for whatever reason, um, you know, and then you also got Alex, Alex Smith now in the mix. I think Rivera is just like ready to move on. And, you know, quite frankly, it, uh, I'm sure, you know, behind closed doors, there is a tank for Trevor uh, uh, conversation and, and, and some of those, you know, backroom, conver- you know, uh, uh, private conversations between him and some of the higher ups there. So uh, that's kind of what I think is actually going on. Uh, they, they don't mind taking this, taking this season to try and get after. Uh, I think you're right that that's there. what's happening. And because, frankly, like benching Haskins after the Ravens game is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. He was up against the league's most difficult defense and posted over 300 yards. They just I, don't like him. The, exactly. They just don't exactly. Like him. Which is just like you don't invest a first round pick in somebody and then give up on him after he's played in like 10 games. Like that is so stupid. And especially because that organization is just a shithole. You know, they, they are so bad that nobody will ever succeed with that organization. They're, they're from the top down are horrendous. The first good thing they've done in 15 years is get Ron Rivera's coach. (laughs) Like it, they, they're so horrific. They'll never be a winning team, but giving up on Haskins did shock me because they drafted him middle of the first round, like what, two, three years ago. It's just, it makes no sense. He only had one turnover against the Ravens, 300 yards passing. It made no sense. So obviously, like you said, they just want to tank and they're done with him, which is, it's sad for a player like Haskins who never really got. Well, and obviously with everything going on off the field too, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing a new ownership group by next year as well. So, you know, there's probably some mid, you know, mid uh, kind of higher up mid-level management conversations, you know, between head coach and, you know, some of the new hires in that front office there that are kind of just like, let's, let's chill out this season because we might have some great opportunities on the horizon here. So, um, and, and they're probably just benching him because they're already ready to, to move on and, and create that open, well, open a opportunity. Owner, so a new owner would be um, a Washington no, fan's dream. Go ahead. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> a Washington football oh, that team. Is, that is fan correct. Dream, right? That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, let's, uh, and, and, and that's another, I'm, I'm really curious what they are going to end up calling them. Um, plenty of names out there, but, a lot of names taken by trademark uh, rights by, by some, you know, random Joe Schmo in <laughs> Western Virginia that 
uh, trademarked every single potential Washington football team name and uh, and likeness. So uh, that that's been kind of what, what one of the reasons as to why Wait, are you they, they've that, dragged out that conversation. Someone actually but, did that. Yes. Yes, there is a guy out there that um, trademarked and, and patented the names and likeness of like over 100 names or something ridiculous. I don't know if it's over 100, but it is a number of names uh, to that, that Washington, you know, every time they looked into one of these potential team names, the guy had already uh, wow. decided. So, you know, I think some of them, some of the potential names um, were like the Navajo um uh wind walkers or whatever they called them and um i forget um the uh i forget the exact name but that was a cool one that they came up with um there was a few others but a lot of them kind of look like that lower level almost like arena football team kind of like name and and, wow. and set up there so i really i really none of them the have stuck so far should be a nice name but i don't know I think that one's certainly taken. Every every mascot name with a W has probably been taken by that guy, and and no, and he's been doing it for like thirty years because you know it's just someone that like knows that you know because it, it's not like this right. was news a couple of months ago for the very first time. People have been kind of you know up in arms, obviously about the name for a very very long time. So this guy has been doing this for several years now, um, and just. Now that he's ready to cash in. So, unbelievable. Uh, with, with them yeah. purchasing it from him. <laughs> All right. So, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, we'll look at Caleb and Dennison's matchup. Uh, another loss for Caleb. Really not surprised here. And um, Dennison, another, another win for him. Uh, this was, I think we kind of glanced over this matchup really quickly. I don't know if there's a whole lot to say here because. I think we all kind of expected uh, yep. this to happen. Yeah, we definitely expected this. The big news here is that Dennison loses his cornerstone, which is Dak Prescott for the year. Yeah, and then quickly after, I mean, I was watching that game. I'm sure a lot of us were, um, and it was one of the most gruesome injuries I have ever witnessed on live television. Um, and I'm glad they stopped showing it. And if you actually – the next day when they were showing the highlights, it was the first time I've ever seen him censor an injury, uh, the replay of an injury. They actually put like the center, like it was like he was naked or something um, because of how gruesome and horrifying that injury was. So, um, um, so, wow. I didn't know. It was... you, I mean, there's it, honestly, you don't want to. Um, I mean, it, it's just the, the, the injury I can compare it to is when that, I think it was a Kentucky player about seven or eight years ago um, when he hurt his knee and literally like the bone came out of the skin. Uh, obviously, we're not seeing flesh here because of his pants and socks and everything. But, um, you know, his knee is one way and his foot is 90 degrees the other way. So it was um, it was pretty horrifying uh, to, to see something like that. And, and when I say that, like literally no exaggeration, that's exactly what it what it looked like there. So um, tough, tough loss for Dennison, especially because he could have had yeah. Russell Wilson over Dak Prescott. Um, but he certainly, you know, he's got guys like Ryan Tannehill um, that he can now slot in there. So he's got Tannehill. Bridgewater has been 
uh, a, a bright spot as well on that Carolina offense. I, I'm, I'm honestly surprised and shocked by Teddy Bridgewater. I did not think he would play this well. Um, with that being said, he did play the Falcons last week. So maybe, maybe we temper expectations just a little bit, but he's certainly exceeding my expectations for what I thought we were yeah, going to get out of Teddy Bridgewater. For now, but, you know, the numbers still show him as QB number 14, which is absolutely astounding. I never even thought he'd come close to the top 15. So, you know, maybe it's matchup based, but uh, I'm curious to see what happens moving forward this year and how Teddy performs, because this, this is not what we expected from him. We expected them to heavily rely on the running game and then dink and dunk to McCaffrey, which is now Mike Davis. But that's been a shocker for sure. And then obviously he's got the Ravens defense who are scoring touchdowns every single week. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and Dennison's team is no joke. Um, they are the real deal. They can. We don't know what will happen. Obviously, now that he doesn't have Dak, he really is going to need Ryan Tannehill to produce, which he did last week. And um, Tannehill is kind of just picking up right where he left off last year. So um, he can certainly fill in that spot. He's losing some points out of that spot as well. Dennison's team is certainly beatable. Uh, but he's also a dangerous team at the same time. So uh, we, we'll see what happens, you know, going forward with, with the loss of Dak Prescott. But um, he, he, he's lucky to have some nice depth uh, and, and some players on his bench that, that can kind of fill in that spot. Although outside of Tannehill now um, and Julian Edelman, well, he's got Damian Harris too. But outside of that, not a whole lot of depth left, uh, left when I when I look at his team here. So, Unless he made well, some creative moves did, this past week. Um, trade for John Brown, which we saw that was la- going into this most recent matchup. He traded Garrick McKinnon for John Brown, which is, <laughs> I don't know if you agree, the definition of a trade rape, I think. Um, but, you know, if someone's going to fall for that, that's on them. <laughs> like, yeah. like this, it, it wasn't Kuhar who traded this. You know, it's not somebody who's – no offense, Kuhar, if you ever listen to this, but it's not somebody who's incompetent when it comes to fantasy football. So if you're going to trade John Brown for Jarek McKinnon, <sighs> joke's on you. <laughs> straight up. Was it a straight-up trade? I, I, I must have yep. missed this trade completely. Really? Okay. I mean, like, I, I understand where Dennis is coming from oh, because yeah. obviously most are back and um, Jeff Wilson in the mix. Like, and McKinnon doesn't have a whole lot of value with most are back in the lineup, but – Again, like McKinnon, we saw what he did when Mostert was out, and you know it's pretty easy for Mostert to get hurt again. So, um, I I'd quite frankly rather have that depth running back than a receiver that I would never have really? confidence okay, so throwing into Brown my lineup. This. Um, I, and he I didn't even play. John Brown is a complete steal. All See, right, so I'm completely opposite of you. Not really um, trade rate then. Yeah, I mean, I, quite frankly, I thought you were going the other way um, because I, I just don't, you know, I, I think you can have some good weeks out of John Brown and Brown and some bad weeks, but I'm also not as high on Josh Allen as you probably are as well, which is, I think, where that difference in philosophy It's not, not as much as I'm high on Josh Allen. It's that John Brown has always produced with Allen. And it's interesting to see, you know, how he'll do moving forward with Diggs there soaking up targets. But to start the year, I mean, Brown was 19 points, 18 points, and then hurt, and then eight points. And I think he got hurt in that game, too, and then he didn't play last week. So the, the thing is, he's always hurt. 
but he does put just, up numbers when he stays healthy. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. I just to me it's it, to me it's clear it's Diggs is the guy um, to own in that receiving core, and it's not. I don't see the Buffalo offense completely lighting it up like they did the first couple weeks. I think they're coming back down to earth, and they will continue to come back down to earth here. Um, I really the only guy I see valuable in that Buffalo offense is Stephon Diggs. So, um, but we, we, I guess we'll see. I just don't see the consistency there with John Brown. I could see him having some nice weeks. I could see him having some really bad weeks as well. I'd much rather have that, that depth running back play if, if Moster got hurt yeah. again. Yeah, and uh, looking on the other side of things here, you know, Caleb, he's gotten really hurt by Matt Ryan recently. Matt Ryan has been on a horrible streak that I think was pretty much unprecedented. You know, him struggling against Carolina to the tune of six fantasy points is astounding to me. Um, and it, it's kind of – a lot of people are beginning to wonder is Matt Ryan's time in Atlanta done? And uh, I think personally, that'd be a dumb move for them to, to dump Matt Ryan. I think he's a really good quarterback and I don't really know what's going on right now. That's, that's hurting him so much, but uh, I think Caleb's got better days ahead for Matt. The problem is Matt Ryan in clutch moments does not come through. And, and it's not even clutch moments. Matt Ryan is a good player throughout the game, but it's like he, he quite frankly, in my opinion, he is the reason for a lot of these games that they've given up because they'll be up and they, they will have a I – wa- I've watched some of those games that he gave up earlier this season, and he's missing guys that are wide open 10 yards down the field for a first down. If he hits some of those, those throws – like those comebacks never happen. And so you, 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 you take away the running ability, which he's obviously never had. Um, you take away, uh, you know, obviously the team chemistry and, and team morale right now at this point, I'm not a big fan of Matt Ryan uh, from a fantasy perspective. I certainly think that he is on the decline. Atlanta's probably going to move on at some point here, whether it's this year or next. Um, but I, I, I see his window closing here, and I'm really, uh, quite frankly, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of surprising to me that, you know, I, I, I saw uh, some people talking about how what this what's happening this season is hurting Matt Ryan's legacy and how it could hurt his Hall of Fame chances. Are you kidding me? They're talking about the Hall of Fame for Matt Ryan? What has he done? Like, okay, he's had a couple all-pro seasons. So is a lot of guys that um, that have done well in the league but not Hall of Fame worthy. How dare you talk <laughs> about Matt Ryan as a potential Hall of Famer here um, with some of the hor- horrifying collapses he's been a part of with these Atlanta teams. So I am sorry, but I am not into Matt Ryan whatsoever from a fantasy perspective, and nor would I want him on any one of my team's that I would root for and in, in, in real football well, as well. I'll tell you one team I would like him on right now is the uh, Indianapolis Colts because it can't get worse than Phillip Rivers. But uh, personal bias aside, I do not understand the Hall of Fame comments. It, you can't put a guy who's never won a Super Bowl and their team has, you know, religiously failed to make the playoffs. You can't put him in a Hall of Fame conversation. That's ridiculous. Um, I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I also don't think yeah. he's excellent. He's always been surrounded by really, really good weapons. And um, 
their offense without Julio, it really seems to fall apart. Um, I I do think I don't know, I don't know. I I hope he's not on the decline because it feels like so many of the greats that we're watching are are falling apart right before our eyes. Um, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady. You can start to see it now. So it'd suck if Matt goes down with them at the same time. But um, I can't say I don't see it. Well, yeah. I mean, we're certainly kind of in that transition era now, right? Pitt Manning was the beginning of the end for that era. And all of these older quarterbacks, it it certainly seems like it's coming to an end. You know, Mahomes, Lamar, these are the guys of the future. Dak was one of those guys. Uh, Russell Wilson, obviously. Um, Dak was one of those guys. And uh, so it's so sad to see what happened to Dak here because – you know, he was considered, you know, a group, a part of that that group yeah, you can't of, of up, upcoming. Like his career weeks. might not be so. Okay. You know, he might um, be okay. No, it's not. It's not. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think that um, he progressed enough where this year we finally saw it, and they have the weapons that they put in place around him. He doesn't have to use his legs if he doesn't need to, and obviously moving forward, he's not going to be as mobile as a quarterback. Um, but, uh, I, I think he's shown enough that he can, he can air it out and, and doesn't necessarily need to use his legs at this point. So, um, I'm not too concerned. I think Dak will be just fine by the, you know, once he, once he comes back and, uh, and I hope he does Absolutely. because it'll just be good for football in general. Uh, for the sake of time, let's, let's go ahead and move on to, to Nate and Jimmy here. So this yeah. was a really bad loss for Jimmy. Um, just because, I mean, obviously just. Not enough points alone. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> speaking of, you know, Jimmy on Jimmy's team, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got benched. Uh, I don't know what's happening there in San Francisco. I can't figure out figure it out. They got blown out by Miami. I was not expecting that at all. Um, and with Jimmy Garoppolo getting benched, that is not a uh, great no, time whatsoever. All for he has on his team, team now is, for quarterback, is Aaron Rodgers and Joe Flacco. Um, he's in some serious trouble. <laughs> like, like I, I don't really know how else to put it because he also has his two starting running backs, Eckler and Chubb, on IR. So he's rolling out Raheem Mostert, and then who? Like <laughs> the Ernst Johnson, who was just, who was just irrelevant last week. Pierre so he's Johnson. got him as his RB two right now, and then his. It, it's just it's just horrendous. There's no like, one at running back. This team is is horrible right now. Um. He, he's got a, a huge, a wide variety of wide receiver depth here with Cooper, Lockett, Keenan Allen. And, I mean, if you want to include T.Y. on that, go ahead. I think he's just going to shit the bed every week. Um, but I guess Chase Claypool is in there now, which I think that is a um, – he just had the best game of his career right there last week with 42.6. He's not even he's not even the number two target on that team. He's yeah. a product of Deontay Johnson getting hurt in the very first drive of the game. Um, the talent's unreal. You can't deny the talent, though. I mean, I, I, I mean, he, he is. I think he just surpassed Deontay Johnson in one game. He just showed why he deserves that number two spot. And quite frankly, I would expect the Steelers moving forward to run, you know, run out a lot more three wide receiver sets, um, where you have Claypool and Juju on the outside with Deontay Johnson as more of a slot guy moving forward 
because of how shifty DJ is. Um, that, that would be what I would expect out of the Steelers offense because they're just not getting enough out of that tight end position. Take, you know, turn it into a little bit more of an air raid spread. Um, stop playing the tight ends, man. Eric Ebron, I think he dropped like three balls for the Steelers last week. Vance McDonald over the hill. Um, can't stay healthy. So, you know, I mean, just in my opinion, Claypool needs to be on the, on the field ben at this point. Him, which is always a plus. Big Ben loves to throw the ball, loves to throw up those 50-50s and hope his guys can pull it down. And Claypool is really, really good at that. Um, I certainly don't think he's going to put up numbers like this at all. Um, but I, I no, think he could be no, a weekly wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside. Absolutely. I think he's, I, 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 um, I was so happy because I drafted, Ooh. um, in my keeper dynasty league, Chase Claypool in the last round of my draft. And the way it works in that league is that the draft, the round that you pick a, a rookie in, if you pick a rookie, you automatically get to keep any rookie that you draft uh, throughout the duration of, a, of four years because that's it's considered a rookie contract in that league. So I have Chase Claypool as a 17th rounder in that league for four years. Uh, and, and I'm a big Notre Dame fan, so I was watching him at Notre Dame. I thought he was the real deal then. Uh, he just showed his, his ability. He's not going to be putting out four touchdown games, obviously, um, but I agree with you in, in that level as well. If I were Jimmy, though, because Jimmy needs points now, he can't really wait for Claypool to – Claypool is going to, like, come back down to life. But I think we'll see another resurgence of Claypool at the end of the season. If I were Jimmy, though, I would yes. have traded Chase Claypool on Sunday night. Like, he has he has these receivers. Uh, maybe trade, like, Cooper or Keenan Allen as well. Quite frankly, I would unload all of my receivers – and try and start stockpiling another quarterback and a running back because he's not going to his his team is no. not going yeah, he to make a move if he doesn't make some sort of move. It, we're, we're really having a strange year where it seems like nobody's really all that interested in talking trade. We are early on, but there's a lot of teams. I mean, we last week Carl didn't even set his lineup, which uh, <laughs> I mean, bewildering uh, to say the least, especially when he was having his best start ever. Um, but I, Jimmy's got to find somebody to make a deal with. And I did, to be fair, Jimmy, my deal I did offer you was not very good, but I expected rebuttal, not just a flat no. Um, so I don't know. It was not good. And I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say it. What was the deal? Um, it, it, I, you've got to say it on there now. You can't bring it up and not say what the trade was. Any of my bench running backs being, um, uh, I need to go to my team. My bench running backs being McKissick, Zach Moss, or Naeem Hines. And then I told him I'd throw in Emmanuel Sanders as well. So for Keenan Allen. For what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Cousins Absolutely. has has value um, and it's quarterback value because their defense is all hurt, you know. Oh my god. No, Drew Lock has oh no my, value. Get out of here. I have no interest in Drew Lock. All right. all right. I Cousins is the more appearing piece. I I think 
Cousins and an additional piece, I think, for Keenan Allen would be fair. But, yeah, if it's co- basically Cousins and Trash and Keenan Allen, that's that... not a fair deal. Um, but it's a starting point. Which, it's it's yeah, the beginning of a negotiation you know, offer, like right? 80%, not even, I mean, 70% of our fantasy league, it's like you offer them a trade and they don't like what they see, and it's like conversation over. It's like, no, no, you're supposed to, there's supposed to be a negotiation period. And it just, it's like, where's that at with these people? There's so many teams where you look at them and you're like, this guy obviously should be trading with this other person in our league because they match up well. Like you see that all over across the league and they just don't get it done because people don't talk trade. I don't get it. Well, I mean, for the people that don't need to do trades, it's, it's a, an advantage for them. And that's normally what happens is the people that don't make moves that need to make moves fall off. And the people that either do make moves or are in a good spot, they continue to, <laughs> to do well. So uh, it's as simple as that. So uh, just just looking at, at Nate's team, though, um, I mean, like, he's in a pretty good spot. Uh, his receivers are definitely um, great. And he just was the product of Godwin being hurt, Galladay being on a bye week. Um, so this was this was a big win, I think, for, for Nate, given that he had some of his receivers out. Uh, and, and, you know, I think Dallas, uh, obviously, obviously Zeke is going to produce every week, but they're probably going to lean on him even more. I would expect Dallas to run the ball a lot more moving forward. So, you know, talk about, you know, Dak Volch. We were talking about a few weeks ago, Dak Volchering those, you know, carries into the end zone nope. from Zeke. Yeah. I don't think that's happening too often with Andy Dalton, so. Um, you know, Zeke's Zeke kind yeah. of solidified yeah, that, that in value. Really, really there's really good position. Um, he's got a ton of depth at receiver. And now at running back with Kareem Hunt taking over for Chubb. Um, yeah, Nate, Nate's in just a phenomenal spot. Uh, there's there's not much else to say about it. Another guy who, you know, I mean, obviously he had Stafford on a bye, but another guy that – uh, has really been kind of exceeding my expectations is Derek Carr. I was not expecting – I was almost expecting Derek Carr to potentially lose his job uh, this year, and he really rose to the occasion. So if we can continue to see Derek Carr put up these kinds of fantasy numbers, uh, you know, watch out for, for Nate's team here because he, he's, he's kind of, you know, str- you know, strong across the board here if, if Derek Carr can keep it up for that OP spot. And, uh, you know, I'm not too worried about whenever yeah, Chubb definitely. potentially comes yeah. back, right? Is Chubb coming back? If he does, um, you know, with Chubb coming back, even with, with Hunt kind of taking a back seat, uh, James Robinson is, is a certainly a viable, <laughs> you know, RB2 here. So uh, he's in a good spot, I think, moving forward. And he's got James Conner. So he's kind of, you know, honestly, I think he's one of the scariest teams, you know, long term here. Uh, I, I know he didn't completely light it up this week, but uh, he was he was this is probably the you know one of Nate's uh, lower lower weeks here given the circumstances with injuries and bye weeks. So um, watch out because Absolutely. this is probably one of the, the so, strongest teams uh, in the league. Right we now. got Jack facing or no, we got yeah, we got Tackett and Jack facing off. And uh, Tackett got his first one in the season. <laughs> Put up 155 points to take down Jack, a perennial fantasy championship player so what a win for Tackett here yeah um I mean if we if we would have um done last week and did picks for for this week here um 
I, I, I don't know if I would have taken, I mean, his, his team actually looked pretty good. Yeah. But like when you look at his running backs, it's like nothing. So, um, you know, it was like, I don't, I don't know how I could have taken Tackett against what, what Jack's team has there. But, um, I think the story here is like Baltimore wins big, but Lamar Jackson does not have a good fantasy day. And, um, that, that, that really, I think is kind of the, the difference maker here in this matchup. And, you know, another guy that, you know, really is frustrating, you know, I would probably yes. say for, for, for Jack here at least is, is Tyler Higby. Um, you know, we, I think a lot of us saw Tyler Higby as a guy that now, you know, is supposed to be putting up consistent numbers and, you know, potentially in that top five tight end conversation. And for him to kind of flop like this, uh, can be really frustrating for those owners because you right. don't really Higby know what is not a consistent fantasy tight end anymore, which there's very few of them. But um, I was low on Higby going into the year just because of all this production came with Gerald Everett out. And it's it's kind of showing now. Higby had a three-touchdown game, and that's the only thing waiting him right now. Everything else has been horrendous. Um, so it, it's time for Jack to find a move, find the ability to make a move for a tight end. Um and I don't know. He's got enough depth. I think that he can make something happen. And I think he will. He's he's a pretty proactive player in our league, so I expect the move to be made. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think you have to continue. Um, I mean, like, you have to – if A.J. Brown is, is playing, I think you have to play him, uh, you know, just given his talent and – you know, he, he's kind of like in, a, in the same situation. He's not the same player and doesn't have the same skill set as Diggs uh, in the Bills uh, wide receiving core. But I would say as far as the receiver to own, you know, if there's one receiver yeah. to own in that Titans offense, uh, he is the guy, right? So, um, you know, I, I think you can roll him out there confidently week in and week out. Uh, and then, but like the rest of his receivers, you know, it, it's kind of tough um, to, to kind of trust. I mean, like, obviously Odell went off that last week. He's going to get some sort of volume, so he's got a decent floor. But uh, And Justin Jefferson's a guy, uh, a nice guy, too, but he's going to kind of be up and down and a little getting consistent just given that he's a rookie um, and you still have Thielen there. So it's, it's like, tough to figure out that receiver situation, um, especially with a guy like Greg Ward and, and what you what you want to do, how much production you, you really need to expect out of, well, out of that spot on Jack's team here. Um, you know, moving Fortunately forward. For so him, he'll have that's got to be something obviously. So he'll be able out. to plug him right back in there. Yeah, well, I mean, like Julio's got this hamstring issue that uh, has kind of, you know, quite frankly, lingered throughout his career. And you kind of wonder if, 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 if it's just going to keep coming up on him this year. So, um, you know, this honestly, like, I love Julio. He's been a great player for years, but like, uh, I- I'm ready to say that he's starting to look like Calvin Johnson, man, at the end of Calvin Johnson's career. Uh, I'm not saying he's retiring after this season, but, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if he ended up announcing retirement after this season because his body is quite frankly falling apart on him. So um, I don't really know what to expect out of Julio at this point, especially given the bad situation that the entire Atlanta team is in right now. Um, you know, I don't know how much you can really rely on Julio. Yeah, I'm with you. That I, play I, many I, games for the rest of this season. His we'll career, I mean, as a fantasy standout, I think it's coming to an end just because his body's 
so poor right now. And when he's not hurt, he's getting like triple covered, leaving Calvin Ridley wide open for every ball that comes his way. So it's tough now to trust Julio um, to get the job done as that top three wide receiver. Now he's still at at top 12. He's still playing every week that he's healthy. Um, You just don't know when he might come onto the field and when he's going to leave with an injury. So it's tough. Yeah. And, and do we, do we think, I mean, his running back situation is fine here, but um, you know, like, like, do we, uh, do we think JK Dobbins has any kind of trade value right now? Like, is that someone he could market? all, All of us here from Ohio. I think there's a lot of people who would, jump on that Ohio State Buckeye and hope for the best. Um, I, I think he could try to get something for Dobbins, maybe a tight end. I bet he could get a tight end for him. Um, someone from the likes of, like, Jimmy Graham, maybe. But uh, beyond that, I don't think. I, I just – yeah, I mean, like, if, like, uh, if I, I would consider trying to trade him and another piece – for maybe an elite tight end, right? Um, I don't know if I would trade J.K. Dobbins for Jimmy Graham because, you know, it, like tight end, it's like so volatile. So unless you're getting like an Ertz, Kelsey, or – I mean, even Ertz is, is, a, is a letdown this year. So um, it's like if you're not getting like Kelsey or Kill, yeah, I just don't think there's any way uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get give up too much there. But, he absolutely um, you know what I mean? Like somebody like Kittle or Kelsey, I don't think there's any way to obtain. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, if if you like, if if you traded like Odell and Dobbins, you could get maybe one of those two guys, Jesus, right? Because I mean, then you're filling, you're helping someone fill two spots. If that's all it takes um, for two potential kill, starting I mean, goddamn, starting positions, to make that deal. Because I I I don't know Kittle when when he's not hurt, that dude is astoundingly good. Um, and same for Kelsey. I mean, those two are just far and away the best two tight ends. It, it'd be astounding for somebody to trade for Dobbins who you know is is pretty much maxing out at seven to eight points a game right now um and and even Odell who's been super all over the place like Odell's numbers are just ridiculous like five 17 10 38 11 like you can't trust him that's that's a boomer bust receiver right there so if I were the person with Kittle or Kelsey I don't know if I make a deal like that but I don't know we'll see what happens Well, he's on the other – I mean, like, if you look at Tackett's team, for instance, this hypothetical, if you did Goff, Higby, and Odell for Kittle and change, like, could, is that a viable – right, because you're giving up a quarterback, you're giving yeah, up and, a and tight end QB in return, where and QBs you're giving up viable, Odell. That is a viable right? trade. So, Um, and especially like I, I imagine that playing out, uh, and 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 then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or someone like that getting benched, and then he gets uh, Tua to to you know right because because obviously uh, you know Tackett has Fitzpatrick and yeah and Jack has bad, Tua, not. so imagine that working out for him. Um, but all right, so let's go ahead. Let's move on here. Uh, and, you know, let's look at Lennon and, and Carl here. So um, talk about low scoring points. 
Um, this was probably, I don't know. I, I mean, again, Carl didn't set his, his matchup here, uh, but he also, he also had guys that obviously didn't play well either. So <laughs> like the, his team across the board, just, I mean, even if he optimized his lineup, he wouldn't have came close. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Carl is in a bad spot here. I get that the, forward. the Denver and um, New England game getting scratched was kind of a late surprise, but man, he could have subbed in Chase Edmonds for Melvin, and that's 20 points on the board. Like, I don't really know why he didn't do anything to try it all this week. Um, he's got two defenses. There's no reason for that. He could have picked up somebody to sub in for Moale Cox. Like, I don't know what's up with him. Um, not sitting here. His team's falling apart, though. Like, he... Yeah. Morale could be an all-time low here for Carl's team, right? Like, like if you had his team, how excited would you be for this season? Probably not, because especially with the Gordon DUI earlier this week, um, Sammy Watkins got hurt. Mo Ali Cox with, like, two goose eggs in a row now. Um, like, Tom Brady unperforming. Joe Burrow obviously just played the Ravens, so uh, Singletary not having a good game, like, like, there's not a whole lot to like here besides the potential return of Michael Thomas at some point um, and, and Jerry Judy, uh, who was at least on a bye. But um, it's, like, quickly, this team yeah, all of a sudden, I, like, looked good and is now just completely falling the apart of the here. season when he was off to a hot start that, like, some of these pieces we weren't very high on. Um, and, and if we're sitting here optimizing his lineup, it, I mean, the starting receivers, he's looking at Michael Thomas, Juju, and Boyd or Judy, one of those two. Um, and it's pretty good. But then beyond that, it's just not good. It's Tom Brady and Joe that's Burrow QB, and that's all he's got. And then um, tight end, he's – yeah, no running backs. He's sitting with Melvin Gordon, who, like you said, will probably miss a couple no of the DUI yeah. now. And then he's got Singletary, who's been horrible. And that was without Zach Moss in the lineup. Moss is back now. And – what Adrian Peterson on the bench and Chase Edmonds could could have a decent role, I guess. But then it, it tight end he's bouncing between Mo Ali Cox and Drew Sample. Um, good luck there. Yikes. Yeah, so um I mean maybe he's just like already like, all right, my team's done kind of thing, which I hope not. Obviously you want to see everyone keep up with their teams, especially this early on in the year, but uh it is not I mean, so it is not exciting ago, to I have him this. The trade so, of Travis Kelsey um, and Michael Thomas. And then, uh, and if you're looking at his team today and seeing where he's at with wide receiver compared to everywhere else, is that a deal that you would have entertained? Uh, yeah. I mean, Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs yeah. offense. I mean, Travis Kelsey is a um, wide receiver one, if you, if he had the wide receiver position, right. So, um, he's a low end wide receiver one. So, uh, and Michael Thomas has been indefinitely hurt, um, you know, for quite some time now, he kind of needed the help and he had no, nothing at tight end. That's certainly a trade I would have, you know, considered. So, um, I probably, you know, at the time, it's hindsight to say I would do that straight up. I would probably expect even a little bit of extra uh, on top of Kelsey, um, just like a, a nice, 
a nice flex potential play, right? Um, but that, that's a pretty decent, you know, right. straight up offer. Again, to begin the negotiation. So, um, again, just remember that you can go back and forth uh, and discuss some trades. You just don't, don't need to like think that it's that option or nothing. That's not value um, here. <laughs> you have to start a tight end in fantasy. <laughs> All right. So, and, and looking over at Lennon's team. Uh, so, again, another team that is exceeding expectations. <laughs> I have to eat my words. Again, both Lennon and Andres having good years. Uh, you know, but I, yeah. I, you know, we're seeing uh, Dalvin Cook uh, getting hurt, right? We have, uh, you know, our running back position. Obviously, Aaron Jones is on a bye week, but. You know, now we don't know how long Dalvin Cook is going to be out. We kind of always expect every year at some point Dalvin Cook is going to pull a groin or a hamstring or something. Uh, and, you know, his receivers are certainly up and down. You know, Stephon Diggs is the one reliable guy, I think. But uh, Cooper Cup, like I said, inconsistent. Curtis Samuel can't fully rely on him. So, you know, I mean, he obviously got the win because he lucked out and played a team that's, you know, in complete turmoil, but it's not like he lit Absolutely. it up either. And some of that so, comes down to um, plenty of teams that would have beat him this Aaron week Jones if he had a different matchup. And um, Dalvin did get hurt mid-game, even though Dalvin still put up almost 20 points. Um, but, yeah, without him handcuffing Dalvin Cook, he doesn't have Alexander Madison, and he's going to be without Cook this week and next week because that's their bye next week um, at the minimum. So, it – Running back, he's running out Aaron Jones, and it looks like Duke Johnson. So, yikes. Um, he, he needs some help there. But everywhere else, his, his team is pretty solid, I'd say, with Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson. And then he's Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, and, and Marvin Jones is what he's looking at with wide receiver. So, he's in an okay spot for sure. He just got really lucky this week that he plays played Carl, who um, his team really shit the bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I w- I'm not too overly concerned, but I don't, like, I kind of expect, like, a 130 spot more often than a 160 spot out of Lennon's team moving forward as long as Dalvin Cook is out. So, um, we could see a loss or two here upcoming. But um, let's let's look at, um, we'll just go real quick because we're running low on time. Um, let's just real quick, we'll look at um, the free agency over the last, uh, two weeks here, I guess we could say, and just go over kind of recent uh, recent moves real quick. Uh, I, I kind of lost my spot here as far as how I how I yeah, can find this to, uh, on and then you find computer. the computer. Uh, here we go, recent activity. Report. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, is there anything really too, uh, significant here? I, I felt like there might've been something last week, but I, off the top of my head, um, you know, I think one interesting guy is Fulgham, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy adding Travis Fulgham for 18 bucks. Only performing well so that, because that's an interesting the entire move. Eagles receiving core is gone right now. Um, once Rieger, Alshon and Djax are healthy, Fulgham's going to be gone. Um, so I don't know. I think that was kind of a lot for Jimmy to spend, especially where when wide receivers already his strong point, spending $18 didn't seem to make a lot of sense there. 
But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess, with him. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. Uh, so, so the biggest guy. Uh, okay, so this here we go. Him. Andy Dalton. Yes. Uh, you. This was you, right? You added Andy Dalton. You got him for fifty-eight dollars. A whopping fifty-eight percent of your fab budget went towards Andy Dalton. And 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 and, and this was a highly sought-after. So we had a twenty-five-dollar bid from Kate Hunt, which is Carl. A thirty-one-dollar bid from Jenny. We had a $37 bid from Dennison. We had That's a $40 nice. bid from uh, – who, who, who's trolling your team? Is that Lennon? Andres. Right? Uh, and then $40 bid from Crosby Sweaters. Who is that? Okay. So you outbid one, two, three, four, five, six. Six and, people. And or no, Caleb five people. Five. You outbid them, and there were six total bids. Yeah, we, we had over half the league. And the winner so, got him for 58%. Um, I don't see the five dollar. Yeah, yeah his, his five dollar bid is sandwiched. Are you sure you're, you're seeing that right down there? I... Yeah. Um, oh, I see. So, okay, so, I, mean, I, I see what you're saying. Bid, okay, I'm sure okay. you can tell I'm pretty high on it. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. And in a league where QBs are valued so highly, like this, getting a guy who I see as a QB one moving forward. Um, was was absolutely necessary for me, even though I don't really need him too badly with having Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins, who's Kirk's always in garbage time. Um, this was also a matter of playing defense where I knew that Dennison had a maximum of $39 to spend and he just lost Dak. So he's really hurting there. Jimmy's quarterback beyond Aaron Rodgers is horrendous and his his top amount of money left was $55. So I knew I had to outbid him. Um, so really it, it came down to defense for me more than, more than anything else. I just like, man, I feel like I have, you know, I'm in, I'm in a good spot now, now with my fab though, because if there's any value that comes up in the future, like I didn't have to like bid for all these quarterbacks that people are spending their entire fab budgets on, you know, like. I know, like, like I'm, in, I'm in a good spot, obviously, with Mahomes and, and Murray. So it's like one of those things where, like, you know, it, 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 you look back at draft strategy, and like, I know I went early on quarterbacks, but in a two quarterback league, like, I, I'm more and more like I'm just starting to think, like, I don't even mind taking a quarterback in the first round, you know, given some, you know, especially when you're playing, you know, with fab money and free agency in, in this kind of format, because. Uh, of how much of an advantage now I feel like I have, you know, with guys for the rest of the season if value opens up. So I know that's an if, but it's like one running back position opens up that can well, change you have, my you have team. Like, you know, I know that I can outbid anyone at this point. So, um, you know, it's just – no, I know. I, I, I know that for this league, but it, I think just in general that overall strategy – and the, that was the reason why I went aggressive earlier in the season with my team – is because I, I, I knew that I, I had the luxury of my quarterback. So I said, you know what, for this league, like, I'm going to throw out my fab money towards running backs. But that overall mindset and strategy of, like, 
hey, like I can I can be more aggressive at other positions in a two quarterback league if I already drafted two great players. Um, and, and so I think that's kind of how you have to look at it. I feel like that's the strategy. We'll see how it plays out, I guess, you know, for me in this league from, you know, blowing my fab early in this one. But, um, you yes know, just in no, general, like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that's, like that's the right, right direction early, here at this point. But you also have zero fab right now, and you don't have any backup quarterbacks. So if you lose Mahomes or Murray, I mean, you're kind of counting your season out, um, which, which is, you know – when you have those two guys, there's nobody that can really replace them. Um, it's the, what is happening in Dallas right now is completely unprecedented. Like Andy Dalton is the most capable backup that I can think of in the NFL. He was a starter for so long and they signed him for this reason. So that if Dak goes down, that they, they have a capable guy who could lead them somewhere. And he came into the game late and immediately threw for 111 yards. Like, I think a lot of people are seeing a lot of positive things from Andy because he's got the best skill receiver group that he's ever had around him now. And he has about the worst defense you could have, which is putting him in a lot of passing game uh, game scripts. So I, that's why I went so heavy on him. I think that's why you see so many people high on Andy Dalton and a lot of people bidding on him. Um, I don't know. And, and getting back to it, like with, with your quarterback situation, like drafting QBs early, I think, definitely pays off for you um, in the event that they stay healthy for sure. We'll see how it plays out. Um, but it, it is, it is an interesting kind of topic to, to go over because, you know, it's like, where, where do we see Andy Dalton landing at the end of the season? Um, you know, how does he perform? I think he performs as still a low end, you know, quarterback two. And so a low end quarterback two doesn't necessarily get the job done. Um, but it certainly I, helps, I you know, depending on where, where your team situation is. 14 you know, it was in at that season, point there. Um, so. Right in that range. Um, I, just, I don't think there's so many QBs right now that are so mediocre. And with that offense and the horrible defense in Dallas, it's really hard to not see him doing that well. Um, <laughs> Uh, see, I, I expect Dallas to kind of hope that their defense plays better. And I expect it for Dallas to get back to the basics and just run the ball a lot more with Zeke. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, I just – Andy Dalton is not the same player that Dak Prescott is. And Dallas is going to realize, you know, why Dak's case for why he deserved the amount of money that he was asking for. I'm not saying he deserved exactly the amount, you know, the – you know, the high, high amounts that they, they probably were demanding, but, um, you know, he's not the same player as, as I guess, yeah. my point there. So, uh, and that's why the Bengals moved on with him, you know, from the first place. So, uh, I don't think there's anything really else yeah. to talk about yeah. free agency here. So let's just do our matchup match previews and, and, and go and ahead stuff. and wrap so it up I don't know here. about you, but if we just want to quickly run through these and say who we think is going to win and uh, top performer, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, we'll jump into, um, this matchup between, we'll just say, um, I have, uh, Jack and Lennon here. So Jack is projected to win. We agree uh, with the projections, even over, over Lennon. Do we agree with the projections um, here? Really hurting without Dalvin Cook. So I agree. 
I agree as well. I got Jack uh, Jack winning this this matchup here. So um, let's go into we'll go over to Carl and or I'm sorry Nate and your team. This is a close one. Um, projections have you winning by way. a little um, over a point. Uh, what do we think's going to happen here? I am leading Nate's team. Uh, today, Noah Fant got ruled <laughs> out, so I had to shift over to Trey Burton, which I think is really going to hurt. Um, and then I was bouncing between Landry or Cobb, it, which would leave me playing Cobb oh. and Cooks, but I decided to go Landry and Cooks and diversify. And that's probably going to sting because Cobb's probably going to go off for 20, and Cooks have about three. So I think Nate's going to take one. Is there no? Is there any consideration no. that you would yeah, put IU Rams. in um, for Cooks? And yeah, I don't feel comfortable with that. For the same really? reason that we just talked about Terry McLaurin having a bad game last week is the same reason I'm kind of worried about Ayuk. All right. All right. Um, I agree. I think that Nate's team is going to win this matchup. He's back to full strength. Um, he's currently got Tanyan uh, in at that tight end spot. He's not playing uh, James Robinson. Uh, so that's that's an interesting move. Uh, he's playing currently James Conner over James, James Robinson. Do we agree? And we got James with that, against Cleveland. With that move I, ooh, I think I'd go James Robinson. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I think Cleveland has pretty good run defense, don't they? Yeah, and, like, I guess my concern is he's already got Hunt. So you kind of have to, like – like, you can't expect running backs from both teams to – that's not, like, a great strategy. Like, to think that both running backs from both teams are going to do well. Um, I would personally – that's a tough one. Um, I would – I would I, I like Robinson a little bit more just because I think Connor has more of injury risk. He, you know, we've, we've talked about this, but he always gets hurt. Um and, and Robinson just seems like he's a little bit more reliable. Same. I know, think Tony scores so, two TDs. That'll be um, the prediction for I would team. probably play Robinson. But I got Nate winning either way here. So, uh, I don't know about Tanya scoring two TDs, but I think he certainly we'll produces. See. We'll see. It'll be interesting with Devontae back. How he's the kind of, you know, game he had last week so or two weeks ago. Um, and then we'll have, well, and that's, I mean, that's a big swing in that matchup too. Yep. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on is, you know, is Devonte Adams back to full strength? I think he is. Um, Dennison and Tackett here. So we got Dennison, uh, who is projected Ooh. to lose this matchup here. Do I we think that the projections, think the projections are, right are right here? I am taking Tackett here. Um, Edelman against Denver. Isn't it a bad matchup, but we've seen Edelman used in very odd yeah. circumstances, um, very low snap share. And John Brown, we just talked about him being boomer bust. Kansas City, I think a lot of people think that's going to be a shootout. Uh, Kansas City's defense is not bad. They could shut down John Brown. Yeah, I think Denison's kind of hurting right now. Um and, and uh, you know, Tackett's team just seems like it's kind of hitting stride a little bit more here. So full PPR with James White, he could make some noise. 
Uh, that's an interesting aspect of this matchup. James White or Damian Harris, who's going to outperform? Uh, but he's, I think Tackett certainly, you know, is in a better spot from a, uh, you know, yep. uh, just overall uh, set up there. But, but his receivers specifically. So uh, I'm going Tackett. <laughs> Boom. You heard it here first. Uh, yep, looking at Andres and Jimmy here. So Andres is a heavy favorite in this matchup. And I I, I think that I'm, I'm going to have to go Andres, especially, again, like the whole outlook of his team changes with him, you know, and Kelsey. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going Andres in this matchup. Yeah, Jimmy here. or not, uh, Jimmy's obviously like we said. Andres hurting. has Wentz and, and uh, he's in a pretty rough spot against right Baltimore, now, so. so that's going to um, hurt him a lot. But Jimmy taking a zero basically at RB two. Um, he's got to hope his other guys can put it together for him. So uh, it's not out of question. He could win, but I definitely lean Andres. Jimmy is like literally praying that Cream Hunt gets yep. hurt. And I have no shame of, you know, just throwing out the idea of Cream Hunt getting hurt because of what he's done in the past. But, um, you know, it's, uh, he, he doesn't have anything going on at that RB2 spot. So, yeah, I'm going, uh, going on, agreeing with the projection. This and is Caleb the rivalry. Is projected to get his first win this week. Um, Does Caleb Vendetta's get his first win this week? Here. This is the matchup of the year. Um, not for the records, but for uh, the standpoint. And I think <laughs> I think Caleb gets the win here. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I think if I had to, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, if, if Kemper decides to leave Chris Carson <laughs> in his RB spot, because right now he's, uh, as of Saturday night at 9.45 at night, um, Chris Carson is still in his lineup. So, um, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to play Chris Carson, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe that's kind of his way of, like, being like, I'll, I'll leave Chris Carson I, I in my starting so, lineup and, and I think, still uh, beat Caleb. I, Caleb so, will probably be listening uh, to this. We'll see what happens here. I think Caleb We will game, all though. hear madness come from Caleb if he loses to Kemper. So, uh, this is a big week. This is a big week. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, <laughs> we'll go to my matchup against Carl. I'm, I'm the biggest favorite of the week. I hate saying that. Um, but wow. uh, the point differential and the projections, uh, I'm just reading I mean, it if here, he so, set his lineup. Um, oh, I think he did actually. You know, do we, do we think him. there's any chance uh, for Carl to, to beat me here? Yeah, there you go. Um, no shot for Carl. Sorry, Carl. But um, yeah, he has Edmonds in there. Shot, you know, of any in any scenario, any scenario. Joe Burrow against Indy is a horrible matchup. His running backs are horrific, um, and you've you've got some pretty damn good matchups. Yeah, I like my matchups. Um, I honestly like my running back depth. Just again, going to that free agency discussion, but um, you know, I'm really, I'm kind of excited about where my team's at right now. But after this um, week, I think you're yeah, I don't, I don't think standings. I, I, uh, I think will be the lone team that, five and one. Um, I'll definitely win this matchup here. So.
We'll see. We'll see what happens here. So um, this is a, a crucial week for a lot of us. Uh, obviously, good luck to everyone tomorrow. I know we went a little bit longer than normal here, but that's to make up for missing last week uh, and, and the night before the, the slate. But hope, hopefully everyone can listen to this before the, 